What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. I am Gilbert. This is Harrison. And we today we are talking about something <laughs> something incredible, something beautiful, and it has no action whatsoever. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about Mon Mothma's leaking continental. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding, guys. Yeah, we're talking about Andor. And yeah, we're talking about... Actually, I, I wasn't joking about that part. Yeah, it had no action whatsoever, and it was still probably the best episode so far, at least in my opinion. I don't know. How do you feel about that, Harrison? Mm, best episode so far. Do you know what? It, it's an interesting episode. It's very gripping. Like, like, you're absolutely right that even though there's no action, you are sort of rooted to the spot, like sort of watching the intrigue that happens. But the best one? Hmm. Well, I mean, we can get into hmm. it in, in a bit. Like, uh, But yeah, so like I said, welcome to the Falcon Entertainment Podcast, everybody. I'm Gilbert. This is Harrison. Also, before because I was kind of rude, how are you doing, Harrison? How was your I'm week? I'm doing well. Uh, yes, it was very good, thank you. Yes. Um, how, was, how was your week? Eh, you know, can't complain. I feel like I, I, I I'm sorry to say, I, I, I feel like I just like skip over the, the pleasantries of like, how you doing, man? <laughs> and maybe that's just, maybe that's just because we do it before we get on air. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we don't need to spend uh, time catching up with ourselves. We have our delightful audience to hang out with. That is true. We already have, actually, yeah, we already have in the comments, we have Goog Souders says he kind of are he she they i, I mean, that's a very ambiguous name so i'm gonna say they i kind of like it it is more adult true it's slow going and it's building to the story arc or yeah yeah the story are care and characters oh the story mm -hmm. and character okay and dealing with uh fresh bad guys uh and then in politics we, there are they're all siths <laughs> are you trying to say that all politicians are sith yeah, well eh, i, li I, I mean, like bernie sanders but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Sanders is some form of uh, democratic Yoda, I suppose. I am once again asking you. Free college you will have. No, 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 we don't. Okay, we also have Matches Malone in here saying, Yes, Queen, I'm gonna be well, he's oh yeah, he's here for it. And as I as I said before, we have Milk Toast in the comments saying he hopes a third of our discussion focuses on cars on Coruscant and Mothma, Mon Mothma's bitchin' uh, Continental. It certainly can. I, I mean, we could certainly go over that. I would love to have a look, actually, at other examples of cars and speeders from Coruscant. I mean, d didn't we, though? If you watch uh, episode two of... Since we're already into it, fuck it. Since we watched episode two of Star Wars... Uh, well, yeah, Star Wars, uh, the, the Attack of the Clones. So yes. in that, they have fucking Anakin Skywalker jump into the back of a speeder, and it's like some weird, you know, not doesn't look like a car, doesn't look like any kind of taxi or anything that we've yeah. ever seen. And then same thing for the person they're chasing. Uh, what's, her, what's her name? Um crap it was hmm. i mean i suppose yeah. we do see a change in some design things even on coruscant like between those time periods so i don't know if perhaps this is like a later model whether i know after sort of the empire came in blocky became all the rage uh yeah i guess i and I, I'll chalk it up to the fact that she's rich and fine. Rich people have better stuff than everyone else, and like, but it just doesn't like if if everyone's else going to argue as they as they so did in uh, in Book of Boba that the Vespas don't belong on Tatooine. How the hell does that like clearly like 
<laughs> it looks like they might as well be uh, be a fucking Lincoln commercial. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely remember a lot of people, myself included, being one of the people who said that I think those Vespers would have worked on Coruscant. And I think this Lincoln thing kind of fits in with that. That it, it's uh, that shiny color thing, at least. Uh, maybe not the uh, the same design as you say in episode two. We see more kind of like bubbly designs, almost similar to the sort of things you see in Fifth Element. Um, yeah, but in this, you know, much more square and like a classic car. But it fits. You know, the the color palette fits. It's slightly chrome, like everything else in that giant city planet. Mm. Which, yeah, like. Also, um, I, I do want to talk about all the Easter eggs that we're getting right here, which that's basically what this episode was, was one giant Easter egg hunt. <laughs> but yeah, I just I do want to talk for a minute about like the fact that, yeah, I noticed that everyone was weirdly quiet about the fact that 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 the Lincoln was like a felt like kind of out of place. But, you know, whatever. Again, she's rich. Fine. They have different vehicles. Maybe we don't see all of Star Wars stuff. But again, everyone's weirdly quiet about that. And then also in the in the Rebel camp or in in like the middle of the episode, there's a dude holding the AK-47, the the clear AK-47 blaster. And I'm like, huh? I noticed. I think only like I saw what maybe one comment where someone got all angry about it, but that's just because they were anti-guns. Oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I I would have thought that that is there to try and emulate sort of like as we see the sort of real life guerrilla warfare and you know sort of not necessarily, well, yeah, rebels and uh, other sort of non-paramilitary kind of units. Often you see them classically carrying that AK. Yeah, and that thing, I thought that's how it was too. And I'm like, I, I was down with it. Like, it, it looked actually pretty cool. It makes it add, it kind of adds to the Star Wars universe. But again, I, I could see how people might be get a little angry about how, like, we have that in our normal lives. We don't need that in our, in our like, you know, in in this it it would be just as normal or just as cool to have him be holding like an imperial blaster yeah yeah i i think there is potentially something to that and probably something that you know doesn't affect me as much since uh ak's are rarer on the streets of hampshire now i'll now i'm gonna grant you everyone anyone who like watches this live or watching this after the fact will will and i've noticed a lot of this people commenting about han solo's blaster how it's the exact same thing. Like they apparently Han Solo's blaster is based off of a uh, like a German weapon. Yeah, it's like a the Red Nine from Resident Evil Four. Uh, I forget the name. Uh, da, 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 da. Here, Mauser. Mauser is that the the name of the pistol? It is. Mm, yeah, here Resident Evil gun. Let's see. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Red... apparently a Mauser C nine six. Yes, exactly. The Mauser C96. And that's, yeah, it was, that's how, exactly what his was based off of. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll like, that's my thing is it, it's, it's cool. It might, it might seem out of place, but it's still, it's pretty cool to, to have like that kind of reality or like kind of like attention to detail be put into Star Wars. But anyway, so yeah, I guess we'll, we'll let's go ahead and take this from the, from the uh, get go or from the start. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, well, so we have to wave goodbye to this beard. I was very upset. I was very <laughs> upset that the beard was taken away in this. I feel like I am no longer represented in this show. I'm very angry. <laughs> well, Harrison, you know what? If you did, you know what? I'm just gonna take a step back here for a second because if you, if the beard going away makes you feel like you're not represented in this show, clearly you are deaf because <laughs> this entire episode had nothing but British actors in it. It is just <laughs> British actor after British actor, and they're all like. 
I felt like I was watching an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> this I did notice this is a very British heavy episode, and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving the diversity of British accents we're getting. It is my jam. It's better than a lot of British TV. I like some of this diversity of accents. <laughs> so, all right, now that's going to be my problem. Is that I don't really know one British accent from the other. So you gotta you gotta take me through this. Who, what, what regions are we looking at here? Uh, I, I I won't be good enough to name regions, um, but just sort of like I, I'm just looking for things that aren't all the same. You know, British accent that you hear. The kind of frankly, the kind of Daisy Ridley uh, accent, like. That, that, that sort of very kind of, you know, uh, Queen's English kind of, oh, yes, received English, ah, whatever. And as long as I'm not hearing that, I'm pretty happy. Um, and you get more kind of like urban uh, British accents in this, like sort of, yeah, more like from actual cities. Um, it's really nice. And it feels like old school Star Wars as well. It really reminds me of, you know, like the old scenes on the bridge with uh, Tarkin. Yeah, I'm going to say this entire scene right here where we have the ISB, where they're all just kind of chilling out and talking. And it feels very uh, much like that that scene in episode four on the Death Star, where they're talking about like, oh, the rebels have the plans of the Death Star. They'll find it a, a weakness and shit. Like, I do enjoy this because it's a lot of British dudes all just sitting around like talking about how great the Empire is. It reminds me a bit of, um, it was a movie, uh, Gary Oldman movie that came out a few years ago, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yes, yes. Like this it's entire episode, it feels like that. It feels like a lot of the, like I, I've mentioned it before, but kind of like the Bourne movies. Or mm -hmm. I, I would say Mission Impossible, but Mission Impossible is is incredibly action heavy. So yeah, no, but like, mm -hmm. but a lot of those are more like spry thrillers. And, and that's exactly what this felt like, especially with Stellan's character, which, dude, uh, can I say, uh, not, yeah, um, Stellan Skargard, I think his name is, Skarsgard. Yeah. Yeah, like his his acting in this is freaking incredible. Like he is he is he makes this episode. Like between him him doing this whole thing, like him giving uh, Andor, it's actually our first Easter egg. He tells it he gives him a uh, Kyber crystal to sell. Yeah, and, I noticed that. And he and he says, yeah, it's a blue Kyber. It's it's like fifty or it's like th four thousand or some odd years old or whatever. He he gives it some like crazy like uh you know. Whole, this, this whole rundown, and then he says it's from the Rakata, it's from the uprising of the Rakatan Empire, and I'm like, ah, that's a Kotor reference. <laughs> ah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's pretty great because like there's a whole thing about how like the uh, also if you read Dawn of the Dawn of the Jedi comic series, which we me and Sebastian back in in the old days we we uh, reviewed like a few issues of. They talk about the Rakatan Empire and how, like they they put they put Force users under their uh, basically under their will and made them be their slaves and like that's basically the start of Jedi was and like the start of lightsabers was Rakatan technology. So right. it's, it's kind of cool to see uh, them make reference to Rakatan, uh, just the Rakatan Empire, because then that also might mean we get we'll get Revan at some point down the line. Ooh, ooh, that is interesting. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, Matt just said that old dude, that British actor who's always has his little penner out. And are you talking about Stellan Skarsgård? Because he's not British. <laughs> he's yeah, like Danish he's like, or something. I was gonna say, isn't he like Scandinavian or something? With the, with the name Skarsgård, he has that he has that little like chicka over the over the A or whatever. Yeah, I don't. Maybe you're right. But I can't think of what movies I've seen him hanging dong in. He certainly didn't do it in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, if he they, did, there was like I mean, a crab on it or something. 
I mean, he did one time in in uh, not Thor, yeah, no Thor: The Dark World, but he was it was blurred, like when he was running around naked at Stonehenge. Oh, <laughs> I I guess you could say Dune because there's a part oh. where he like he like comes out of the bath or whatever the hell, and he's all naked and like nasty looking. I I don't know. Oh, I, I, oh maybe there are more because I was like, huh, interesting. And I know he's in uh, Nymphomaniac. That very weird, very weird movie where apparently you can see um, Shia LaBeouf having sex on screen, like actual sex on screen. Interesting mm. thing, if, if that's up for you. And he's a character in that, which is weird. <laughs> Matcha says, Nymphomaniac, he ends up, uh, he ends the movie whipping it out, then getting shot. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, Nymphomaniac. <laughs> I did not know about that. And I'm, I got to be honest, I don't think I want to watch that movie. It was, it's really boring. <laughs> Like I tried, and it was really dull. <laughs> I don't know if, right. if you agree, matches. Uh, if you disagree, let me know. Yeah. Okay, then. So I'm just gonna move right along. I appreciate. I appreciate the, them using this actor. Uh, let me see what his what his name is. Uh, he's he is from Game of Thrones. Mm. All yeah, of this uh, stuff is fantastic. Like I I absolutely love. Um, the way they're showing like the hierarchy of these guys, like I love this guy in the same way that I loved um, the like actual chief inspector from the corporate security guys. Like they play that you know like politician, you know, kind of like don't rock the boat. Here's our plan. Like they both play it so well. I just, I yeah. love it. So yeah, like this guy. So Anton Lesser is his name. Uh, awesome actor. He, if you again, if you ever had the chance to go watch Game of Thrones, guys, go check it out because he's he's pretty damn good. And he doesn't get there till really late in the game, but still, he's a good actor in it. And more than that, I really do appreciate this whole like speech that he gives. He's like, "Do you know what we do here? Like, I give this to the room. Does anyone know what we and like the you know the suck up or like the the other another tryhard, which is like the, I'm going to say she's like the female version of that last dude of of Cyril or whatever the hell." Uh, because she's again, she's trying to like overachieve and like and do more than her station. Hmm. But at any point, uh, uh, he t uh, he tells her like she tells him like, oh, well, our job is to you know blah, blah blah. She gives him the whole like speech from from the ISB handbook, and he's like, good, that's fair, but it's also wrong because you know security is an illusion. And I'm like, yes, that is so fucking true. <laughs> as, a, as a secure, well, you know, it's fucked up. But as a security, I'm like, yeah, no, dude, security is a fucking illusion. <laughs> <laughs> that does make your job sound way grittier. Look at that. I walk these streets. The city's sick. <laughs> yeah, not to make it sound like that. It's just like, oh yeah, no, we're we're securing the building. Like, eh, yeah, but unless you can be everywhere at once, security is literally just it's just a way to make people feel. It's a word that makes people feel better. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's true. So yeah, but I like I like how he goes on to be like. Yeah, we're uh, what is he? Uh, let me say, yeah. If you want security, launch it like call the navy, launch, launch a regiment of troopers. Uh, he says, Yeah, we're healthcare providers, we tend to sickness. Like, basically, like he, he's just like, we, we handle small problems here and there and deal with them as they come. Like, and we, like, our job isn't to secure shit, it's basically just to handle crap as it pops up. I really love that what this kind of does in a sort of like Game of Thrones way is it really kind of shows like both sides of these stories. And I, I really, really enjoy it. I think there's a sort of streak perhaps running through the show of how even when we are looking at the people who are on the side of the Empire and, you know, the kind of the rulers, even the ones we follow there, they're still like rebelling. 
Like mm -hmm. they're often like breaking rules and trying to get out of their structure to be better for the empire. Like the uh, lieutenant inspector was, or uh, whatever deputy inspector, um, and like this chick here in the ISB, like trying to overreach and step into someone else's jurisdiction. Yeah, like they're trying, like they see a problem and they're like, no, I, you're not going to do anything about it, so I need to, I need to make the Empire, but, and then the other guy's just like, and the, their, the commander, like the uh, the head of the ISP is just like, stop rocking the boat, stay to your, he tells her later, he's like, stay in your station and you worry about your thing, you worry about yours and just do your reports and stop, like, that's why we got you, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't rock the boat. And that, that kind of also speaks volumes to how the Empire runs its, its thing, is they don't want like free thinkers they don't want people who think outside the box or can they just want you to go to your cubicle do your job and then go home exactly like, yeah they want a cog in the machine they don't want someone who thinks outside of the machine and i it, it's quite interesting i i love how the show has actually kind of managed to make these kind of bad guys really sympathetic like it, it's sort of easy to kind of get behind like like this character here like i think sort of you sort of see that barrier and even though She's trying to be better at beating Andor. We're still like, oh come on, dude, give her a chance. Yeah, right. It's just like she's she's right. Like she talks about how like oh I've seen like she talks about it later with her uh, the CEO here. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, news. It's about yeah. Okay, it's gonna be around around this area. Like she talks with her uh, CEO about how like. Um, she sees like patterns between oh well different things of interest like they're stealing different things of interest they're using the same method like she basically tells him i she can see the patterns that that are leading to the rebellion and like they're like that's an organized effort and and it's also like that she has a gut feeling and he's like oh we deal in facts not in gut feelings go back to your job and he just tells her to fuck off and i'm like dude you're you're fucking yourself like this chick actually knows what the fuck's up yeah now it was interesting um i recently watched uh, some more of star trek uh, lower decks and there's like an episode that's exactly like that with this Vulcan chick who spends her time going like, I've got a feeling that this is the right thing to do. And everyone putting her down on that. And I was, I was kind of interested. I'm, I'll be fascinated to see where this goes. And I feel like there might be a kind of, she's the sort of ace in the hole for the Empire at the end of this. Because I reckon the guy who's like trying to take care of it is going to fail. Yeah, I could definitely see her becoming like the head of the of like like watch some like something happens. The dude in at the top because he didn't heed her warnings gets like fired or something like that in disgrace, or he's gonna end up getting killed or something like that. And she's gonna get uh put to the top of the ISB. Like I could see her becoming a much bigger threat later on down the line, or even even cooler. I think I could also if they it could go another way where she ends up becoming part of the rebellion, like she ends up turning. Because simply because like they she like maybe she meets Andor and becomes like a supporter to the cause. Oh, that's interesting. I suppose it could also be that like this could be them like sort of baiting us. Actually, maybe she already is part of the rebellion. Like the reason she's trying to like overstretch and take that is to cover up for the rebellion. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. They see we do have later on. We do see the other guy, uh, a lieutenant at the at the was it at the base when they. When they meet with uh, with all the oh, yeah here I'm I'm gonna pull this down so I can actually so I just start jumping around randomly but yeah like when they meet at the at the uh, rebel base there's like a, a lieutenant that comes from the from the garrison to meet with them so it's possible that yeah they could get another uh, rat like or another like mole inside the operation yeah because like there must be sort of people at kind of every level like we obviously have the senate um, with uh, damn it Luthen. 
yeah. uh, with Luthen and with Mon Mothma. Um, and then, like, yeah, so we definitely know that we have someone inside at the garrison there. Like, having someone in the ISB isn't necessarily impossible. Well, I suppose it is the ISB. It's, you know, like the Empire's kind of super spy guys. So mm-hmm. they shouldn't have spies within them. But, hey, I don't know. I also, I speaking of the rebellion and how it works, I also like uh, the way that, uh, which is how Andor... He mentions like he tells him like um they're at the very beginning of the of the scene like the very beginning of the episode he's on the ship and he tells him like oh you're with the rebellion you're with the uh, separatists you're with guerrillas you're with like he he mentions like at least four or five different groups all fighting the empire which are basically yeah that's the entire rebellion which I I do kind of enjoy this is a, at this point the rebellion isn't officially the rebel alliance it's a bunch of splinter groups that are all kind of working together mm. and then they that's also yeah, of course they do mention Sagarera at that point as well. Yes, Sorgerera is nice to come up. And uh, actually, who was it earlier who mentioned? Uh, was it Milk Toast of Pastry who mentioned the kid from Black Mirror? The kid from Black Mirror. Uh, he's the he... guy who's asleep. Um, he's in an episode of Black Mirror where like someone's blackmailing him for what he's been looking at online. And he oh yeah, kid looked. At, he looked at porn, and they had to go on all this like the weird like crazy scavenger hunt around town doing that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's that dude. He's in like a, another show called like The End of the Fucking World. Um, yeah, is he? Is, so is he the the kid? He, is he one of like the rebels in here or what? Yeah, he's the one with like the red cap on who um, fell asleep at his post and like that's where Saw Guerrero comes up. Like if Saw Guerrero saw that, they'd like put your head oh, in the pike for the fun of it. Yeah, but but that was still it was just a cool little reference to Saw Guerrero because that means that other people know about Saw Guerrero and they like, he's like he's probably famous at this point among rebels. I also always love to see a scout speeder. Yes, right. That that noise like that. (laughs) Uh, You you know the noise, the the one (laughs) you hear on on uh, Endor. I also like it was. I always remember being one of the best figures. Like I loved the when you get the the figure of Luke and Leia with one of those speeders. They were really cool. I loved them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was it. Honestly, that's one of my favorite scenes um, in that movie is the uh, when the when Luke and Leia are, are on that speeder trying to fight. Like it, it's just a really good scene. Also, anyway, I always oh hey Joker voice. Yep, we got Joker voice. It says the series is set at the same time frame as Rebels. Rebels is a better prequel series. Well, that may be, but I argue that's because Rebels is is more serialized. It's a it's very twenty minutes long for episodes. You just do. Like and there's like tw- what's shit like like 22, 23 episodes per like for the at least for the first season something like that like that that first season is pretty like, it's something like that it's almost I, I think it might be a little less than that but still point is it's a lot it's quite a few episodes so they have a lot more time to flush it out and more than that they have like four seasons to do it so I'm like give it a little cut this one a little bit of slack and more than that I'm like it's you have you have some limitations with live action versus animation so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel like I'm probably going to get quite different things out of Rebels than what I'm going to get out of this show. Like, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy now, with this show. It's should be pretty sweet. That said, yeah, Rebels is definitely a show you should watch as well. Like, it's if again, if you just have like a free moment, you know, like free 20, 30 minutes, just sit down and watch an episode here and there because it's actually not bad, and it and it adds some pretty cool stuff like. Now the problem is that to get to the really really good stuff, you have to you have to get to season two or season three or four. Like that's when like the really really good stuff starts happening. I know, I know what you mean that's that's the conversation I have with everyone. I, I tried to convince them to watch a reboot. Mm. 
Reboot. And reboots are much harder sell. <laughs> yeah, it's no, so that's, worth it. That's a that's a very dated show, unfortunately. <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, no. Like if you have the chance to watch Rebels, it's very good. But I wouldn't say necessarily it's a better prequel series. It's it's a it's a good prequel series. It's definitely it's got some cool stuff. It's got some really cool lightsaber fights and and it adds like it makes the Inquisitor. It added the Inquisitors into the story into Star mm. Wars, which is like the Grand Inquisitor is probably one of the coolest characters in that show. But yeah, and however you feel about him in Obi Wan, but that's that's beside the point. Yeah. Anyway, let's see. Um, let me see here. <laughs> yeah, I do like that droid. That weird like spinny whatever the hell whatever this droid is I, I i like how his his ship has an ai basically installed into it yeah i i did quite enjoy these <laughs> so can i help you with something dude that that actually kind of cool like, imagine like you know you're eyeing someone's imagine you're a thief and you're eyeing someone's phone thinking like i'm gonna steal that totally gonna steal if they look away for just five seconds and the phone looks to you like hi i'm siri can i help you it's like oh shit <laughs> Like and it just it like just like uh, looks at you, just like are you don't play, don't try to steal me. I have a tracker on my phone. It's like oh shit. <laughs> you appear to be trying to steal this phone. Would you like help? <laughs> Except, imagine if the paperclip ch- jumped up and is like, you appear to be trying to steal this computer. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, uh, Joker Boy says this show isn't Star Wars. Just my opinion. That take off the Star Wars label and every Imperial reference. It's just an it's an Eric's uh, sci-fi spy show. All right, with that logic though, the the Mandalorian is just a is just a, a by the numbers like a western, or and then the same thing honestly for Boba Fett, you could argue that's a that's just a western as well. Yeah, I, I just don't know what qualities it would then require to make it a Star Wars show if it if you had to take off all the Star Wars stuff. I don't know. Yeah, like that's my th- so yeah, like I mean, at that point. What makes a Star Wars? Like what makes Rogue One a Star Wars sto- show, if not the lightsaber and the reference to the to uh, you know the Death Star? Like what makes it? What makes the? What's the difference between those two things? And I'm like, I don't really see it. And and especially in this one, I'm like, yeah, whatever. You could argue that it might not be a Star Wars show, but I'm like, the fact that it's it's building uh, lore with Mon Mothma, it's building lore uh, with um. To, Honestly, with Andor, with Stellan, or not with Stellan, with Luthen. I keep getting those two fucking names mixed. Yeah, with Luthen. He's like, you know what's fucked up is that Stellan totally sounds like a goddamn Star Wars name. <laughs> Joe, it doesn't sound like a Star Wars name. This this wasn't very Star Wars. Clem. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. That's a good point. He uses the name, I'm, I'm Clem. It's like, well, head there, I'm Clem. Out here in space to go gold mining. <laughs> That's, that's good that's really good yeah clem sounds like an old fucking like 1880s prospector name <laughs> so yeah i i agree with milk toast he says that's what's perfect about this show is it doesn't feel it feels like it's it's more grounded and doesn't feel like it's and I, all right so actually i don't i don't necessarily think it doesn't feel like a star wars show i think it feels fine like a star wars show i just feel like it, the fact that we're not focusing on leia and you know oh what's his name uh, Bail Organa and the Death Star and Darth Vader and Palpatine. The fact that we're not focusing on the main cast of Star Wars characters, like that's what makes it good to me. Is that it doesn't feel like it's it's like your traditional Star Wars story or our Star Wars show, which is what I liked about Rogue One. I think like I like the fact that it's sort of breathing life into Star Wars. 
you know, like, like like it's adding to the world to me. It, it sort of makes it richer. It feels a little bit like, you know, sort of with Lord of the Rings. You have the kind of you know, in, initial central story of Frodo Baggins, but if you go into the Silmarillion, if you go into everything else that was produced, you find all this other stuff that expands that world and adds to it. And it doesn't all feel the same as Frodo and his exact journey. Same thing with The Hobbit. The Hobbit doesn't feel the same as the rest of it. Mm-hmm. It all is just part of it. And I feel like the show is doing that. I would absolutely agree with you. Yeah, it's it's just... It, and so, honestly, I, it's kind of a, a tangent, but have you watched The Rings of Power at all? No, no. I, I'm, I'm sort of waiting to, for people to stop saying it's bad. <laughs> well, good luck on that. <laughs> you have to, you're going to have to wait at least a few years before the next Lord of the Rings at something to come out <laughs> so they can start harping on how that's bad. Okay, I was, I was hoping the dust would settle, but I did I did go past it today, actually, on Amazon Prime, and I was like, oh, I should probably pick that up. I've, I've watched the first couple episodes. It's not bad. It's not that bad. Like I've done, I haven't seen like apparently we're at episode five or six at this point, so I, I'm not sure how how it's gone or how up or down. But for what I've seen, it's it's pretty good. So at that point, I'm just like, I, to me, if 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 you're we're looking at it like that of oh, it doesn't feel like it's part of the universe or it doesn't feel like it's it's part of this you know central story that we are all familiar with. I'm like, dude, it doesn't have to be because it's it's its own thing. It's its own story. Much like that show, much like uh, what what other show? Well, shit, what other show am I thinking of? That's a that's basically just a spinoff of, uh, much like House of Dragons. Much like it's not it's not supposed to be about the main cast that you're that you are all familiar with. Like Luke Skywalker yeah. doesn't matter right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it is that thing of like you know what happens with Luke Skywalker is both a separate story and a story that's tied in. You know, like Luke Skywalker's story does rely on the characters like Andor. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm 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 fine with that separation in styles and in the sort of stories we're telling because we're just using one world to tell different narratives, and I I love that. I think it's one of the best things we can do. Yeah, and <laughs> see, yeah, Joker voice says gives out, he wishes you luck as well because he says Ring of Power is awful. When I'm like, I don't think it's awful. I think it looks it's just fine as far as it not following Tolkien's lore. I, I don't follow to I, I barely follow Tolkien's lore. So yeah, like like I've played like a lot of Tolkien games and things, and like you know have listened to stuff and gone, God knows if this is correct. I'm not gonna check. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I've been. I see. What's funny is I've been playing the crap out of uh, recently. I'm playing uh, Shadow of Mordor. Race getting in because I because I uh, Shadow of War came on to my Steam for like eight bucks, so I bought it. So I'm like, fuck, I have to, I want to play this game, but I have to get ready for it. So I have to play the first game again and, you know, know the story and shit like that. So like, that's my whole, like, and I'm, and again, I, I sitting there playing it and all I'm like, okay, orcs, ranger, cool. Like, that's all I need to know. I don't, I don't need to know about, oh, Sauron and, you know, and freaking Morgoth and the, the Balrog of Morgoth. I don't, I don't need to know about none of that bullshit. Let just, I want epic battles and I want like, you know, cool practical effects, which so far Ring of Power has given me. So I'm like, uh, and Shadow of Mordor is such a good game. Shadow of Mordor is like such a power fantasy game, dude. It really is. It's like Batman Arkham City, but in in Mordor. It's I I know, like game. it's so good. Like, oh my goodness, just walking through a bunch of Urukai and cutting them to ribbons is so much fun. But and, yeah, like I spent ages collecting that, like you know, extra story stuff and reading logs. I was like, I don't need any of this, but it was yeah, on the so- map, and I had to pick it up. And seeing that's my thing. It's, it's the same thing. That's like he says that that's the problem, is that y'all don't care. And and 
I don't think it's the problem. I think the problem is that the lore is really long and complicated, and I don't really want to fucking read a whole Bible just to understand that hobbits came from fucking Harfoots. Uh, yeah, I, I also feel like the challenge is that the like come from rich stories like that, especially to to stick to everything that like the creator made, is really difficult. And I'd, I'd I don't know. I've just spent enough time with stories now to just not be worried. Like I, I've had it happen to so many that I'm just like, oh, it's fine because they've all been fine in the end. I've never lost like the original work. It's never really changed it that much. It's just a new version that's out there. Yeah, like I would I would agree. And as far as like. See, I mean, and as far as like changing the lore, I'm like, how well established is this lore? Because I mean, I understand that Lord of the Rings has been around since World War One or whatever, since around that time, <laughs> like 1930 something. I mean, things like that, it's like, uh, but yeah, yeah, around that sort of time. Yeah, like it was, a, it was a real. Yeah, I know he wrote it around that time, but the point is that yeah, like it was released sometime later. But anyway, I I understand it's been grandfathered in, and and, and Lord of the Rings has been around for almost a century at this point. But you know. How well no can you honestly quote to me the Cimmerillion or whatever the hell? The can you quote to me that? No, you can't. But, but you know who you can quote to me? Fucking Yoda. <laughs> the thing is that there are a lot of people who really love their Tolkien. I've met plenty of people who like have delved into it and know everything and can quote me names. Some people I've said who claim to be able to speak Elvish. I mean, you know, uh, if that's what you want to do. But hey, there's plenty of Trekkies who can speak Klingon. You know, uh, be passionate about whatever you're passionate about. And and that's all well and good. My my point is is that like Lord of, or yeah Lord of the Rings it, like it, it goes under such and I know we're kind of going on a tangent here like I said we would but Lord of the Rings comes under a lot of scrutiny like that for something that most people can't honestly like quote to me or even like the like only the hardest core uh, Tolkien fans can actually do that and I, and for them I say to you maybe you have a genuine uh, excuse or a genuine argument against this show or against anything that has comes out with Tolkien but. As far as uh, like your average observer who just like watched the movies and read the books, saying that this doesn't follow the lore, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. H how closely did you follow the lore, and how really, how really, how important is it to you? Yeah, yeah. All right, but let's let let's move back to Andor. And yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, and I, I know, like I, like I said, I knew it was going to go to a to a uh, insane place. And maybe, and maybe at some point we can talk about Rings of Power. Maybe we'll watch it and, and talk about it. But yeah, right perhaps, now, I mean, like uh, this is the closest we're probably going to get to like a Tolkien bit of Star Wars out here in the valleys, in what looks like it's probably New Zealand. Yeah, no, I would agree. And then I, I mean, I, I don't think he, I don't think uh, Stellan Skarsgård has ever been in a Lord of the Rings movie, but he feels like he totally could be. Oh, I don't know. I think he might have. I, maybe he maybe he was I don't know. All I know is I have there's this really cool scene right here. I, I enjoy this scene really, a lot when he's telling her like, okay, you're gonna work with this guy. He's like, this is the deal. He's a mercenary. You're gonna work with him. He's part of the job. And at one point, he talks to her like she's like moping. She looks away. Look at me. Yeah, like yeah, it's the most like... ridiculous like line deliver ever. <laughs> not since uh, not since Odin have we had such a roar. Ah, yeah, <laughs> that was good stuff. But like honestly, like I like I if I if I can just gush one more time, Stellan Skarsgård in this is it's awesome. Like the fact that he like even this right here, the fact that he goes from being uh you know super serious, short haired, like wearing a trench coat, looking all spot like like you said, Tinker Tinker uh like soldiers uh well, shit, it was Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yep. And then and then like a, a few minutes later, 
after all this nonsense of yeah, like we can talk about that in a minute. But after all that, that, yeah, after all the ISB bullshit, let's see uh, if I can find the scene where he does it. There we yeah, go. He goes to his uh, his antique shop. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he gets and, his hair out. Yeah, he puts on a freaking wig. Which also, I I sincerely doubt that's a wig. I feel like in real life he had to grow out his hair because I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, just me. That, I mean, doesn't, that doesn't look like a wig to me. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very good one. I mean, you know, obviously, like they can do great stuff with these things. But yeah, it's it's interesting this whole bit. I kind of like I like how he sort of stands there, like getting into character. Yeah, <laughs> I like how the internet turned this whole thing into a meme, <laughs> like him just doing that. <laughs> It's like a weird interpretation of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. <laughs> well, if he starts dancing down the down the stairs, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little pissed. I'm gonna be completely honest. <laughs> so yeah, like I kind of like it. Like I I mentioned it before. I really do like this part where we have the uh, like the sp- like the whole little spy encampment that's like bare bones and like they have like the little like uh, wooden huts that uh, you know bare bones AK-47 weapons. Like, they don't have any armor. They're not actually wearing formal uniforms. They're just wearing clothes. Like, I really enjoy that. And then later on, when they're telling them the plan, they have this whole thing where uh, they're uh, using, like, models instead of, like, actual, like, holograms. Like, the, mm. every other thing in Star Wars we've ever seen, they use uh, little, like, toy models that they built out of wood and, and like, pine and, and shit like that. Yeah, none of those nice vector graphics here. Yeah, exactly. I kind of, I thought that was kind of cool because, you know, that it, that shows that the rebellion doesn't have like not all the rebellion has money to to afford all that stuff. Like droids are probably expensive. This um, I, my my trekkiness popped up a little bit. It, it makes me think of the Bajorans in Deep Space Nine, like uh, like about where that really goes into the thing of like when you're being a resistance against like a an oppressive you know dictatorship. Like a lot of it is just dirty and you know kind of grimy and not glamorous in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I. I, I really appreciate that the show goes into this, you know, and that, yeah, like you have to have this, this foundation of these guys building it. So that then your superhero Luke Skywalker can turn up at the end. Yeah, I, w- I would absolutely agree. Like you need to have that. Like I said, you need to have that ragtag team of like, of, uh, you know, rebels or whatever for, yeah, for the hero to either to save or to save the hero. Let's see. I like uh, milk toaster pastry. Yeah, call it Che Guevara. Expecting Che Guevara and Fidel to pop up in that camp at any moment. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, at that point, that's kind. Of, I don't know. Is it, would you? I, I would kind of put Saul Guerrero on maybe a similar level to Che, che Guevara. I'm not. Uh, not so much Che Guevara. I mean, because obviously, like, I think Che Guevara sort of died before he became like a mad <laughs> kind of military ruler. Um, but maybe yeah, more, more like Castro or something like that. So he was part of a <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, because like yeah, Fidel was part of you know a revolution that was supposed to liberate Cuba and then became what he became. So yeah, you know, great. <laughs> Not all rebellions work out. Sometimes they don't go very well. Oh, here actually, before we talk about the 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 bunghole of the episode, let's go ahead and talk about this scene. You you said you want you liked this whole part. Yeah, I love it. I I, I really enjoyed because this is this is like what I said. Like he kind of comes in and is like, "Are you aware of how much trouble you have caused by doing this?" I love that he dresses down the guy who actually did it, um, and then goes and even goes to the chief inspector. Like, yeah, I know you weren't involved. That's the problem. 
Yeah, no, I I love that thing of like, question, sir. No. And then later on, but sir, I wasn't even involved. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that, yeah, no, that was that was wonderful. Like <laughs> teach you to delegate your next time, maybe, maybe you look into the matter of personally, huh? And it, and it is that thing of like they've how they mess it up because obviously then the imperial uh powers take over and they replace the corporate security force. And it's like they've just ruined it for themselves, and that's why like I kind of love it. Where like you know, I'd be interested to see what happens with this guy. I think someone mentioned last week maybe this guy might turn to the rebellion at some point because now he's been kind of betrayed by it. He like he's lost everything. He's had it taken away by the empire he was trying to defend. Yeah, but he will also like he did, but he also was doing it not in the name of the empire. He's doing it in the name of like corporate security. Mm. So he, I could see him joining the Empire, maybe, but like it's going to be interesting to see his planet. Like what used to be co- security forces are now going to be stormtroopers. Well, I suppose maybe he'd be a bit like, um, maybe he'll like try and bring down Andor from outside of like official routes, a bit like, uh, like Mister Smith in the Matrix sequels. Okay, I could see that, but <laughs> basically, he's like, turn in your badge and your gun. You know what? I quit, and then he's going to go <laughs> turn into a rogue cop and go. <laughs> Taking the law into my own hands. <laughs> this city, it's a, a corrupt dark planet. <laughs> <laughs> this planet. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, but I could totally see him like, but uh, I think it's funny that we see the scene of him going home to his mother. Which I love it. Yeah. You know, no judgment. You know, sometimes when you get fight, when you get shit canned from your job and then and they bring in new management, sometimes you want to go home to your family. And, and you know what? But at the same time, I just I can't help but feel like a lot of people are are uh, are a taking it as like he's a mama's boy, and I'm and I get the feeling that's how it was kind of like supposed to be taken, especially when she slaps him. There's a real kind of feeling of like he has ashamed her or let her down. Yeah, like I told you not to go join the security forces. You should have gone and been a farmer, like I t- or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you should have married that nice girl across the way. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought that was funny. Yeah, she smacked him across the face. And then, like, one of the neighbors is just watching. What are you looking at? <laughs> like, yeah, no, that was that was pretty great. Like, uh, that whole I, scene. I, I really love this. This whole thing, I've been watching Better Call Saul and then sort of re-watching Breaking Bad. And this show is kind of giving me more vibes of that. It's about, like, the everyday lives of everyone involved in this, you know, like like that moment where it's like, you, you know, what are you looking at with the neighbors? It just reminded me of you know, all those scenes in, you know, like some kind of crappy part of Albuquerque. And it's like, what are you looking at, man? Don't watch me de- dealing meth. Uh, yeah. You know, it's you, you joke, but you know what? Out here, if you look at someone for too long, you're probably going to get like, probably like, what the fuck are you looking at? And you're going to get, you're probably going to get into a fight if you just stare at for somebody for too long. I mean, uh, yeah, don't stare at folks, people. Well, well yeah, don't <laughs> stare. To confuse them. Don't, don't stare at people. But I mean, but just in general, like if you're walking down the street, let's just say you see someone and you just happen to turn your head and look at them, then you're just as likely. It's it's a 50-50 shot. They might say, hey, how's it going? And they might also say, don't fucking look at me. Like they, they might just tell you, like, basically, fuck off. I'm not gonna lie. I think if I, you know, next time I, I enter uh, your your shores on the the US, um, I think I'm gonna be entirely relying on my Britishness to keep me alive. Like, I, like, like if anything happens, I'd be like, oh my, sorry, I'm terribly ashamed. I didn't mean to disturb you, sir. <laughs> yeah, channel your inner uh, C3PO. That's <laughs> I will, will basically do what we all what, what most Americans assume British people do. 
<laughs> and you'll and you'll be fine. I was just walking in your fine town, looking for some sort of establishment to perhaps have a spot of tea. And perhaps you could direct me in the right way, sir. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree, though, with Milk Toast. He says the guy raising his hand had me rolling. I'm like, yeah, no, that was funny how he just he raised his hand and the guy's like, really? And then he didn't even say anything. He just he just continued to just sit there. <laughs> It's it's so fun. It's so fun, like watching them. Like the big boys had to come in, and you're not gonna like it. You didn't want them to come in. You should have left it. And that's why, like, like I like that the the chief inspector was kind of trying to ride that. He was like, "Look, we don't want to get like real people involved in this, so keep it hush hush." And like as Josh said last time, they're like, "Like he was wrong to do that. Like that is not his job. Like he's supposed to try and protect people." And two of his guards did die. Yes, like it was their fault. They shouldn't have done what they did. But like it is, it is wonderfully yeah, no, complex. This show. Yeah, no, the whole thing of this is is fucked. Like this guy shouldn't have gone behind his commander's back. The commander should have actually done something a little more about his uh, soldiers being, you know, getting killed for for messing with a guy. This idiot shouldn't have been, uh, you know, the suck up that just was a yes man and did whatever <laughs> the guy said. Like the whole thing. Everyone here is at fault in some way, shape, or form. And yeah, the fact that it's like you said, it's a multi-layered and very like complex show. And also, we get that later. Uh, let me see. Yeah, we, again with her, and like so, she's going behind. She's again like she's like I said, she's doing the same thing the other guy's doing is going behind uh, one of her other lieutenants' backs, and in order to kind of like I guess jump up her career. Or, mm. or, or in the, or either she wants, either she's a climber, or she believes that the empire is like, oh, it's more important than that we do these things, even if it's not in my jurisdiction. You know, I still think I should do. Like, either way, the point is that yeah, she's doing the exact same thing, and I, and I argue that's probably going to have similar results. Yeah, I, I love that they're doing that. I, I'd be really interested to see them taking this kind of storytelling and bringing it to some other characters we know, like with like this thing of someone climbing up. I'd love to see like Mara Jade. Like and stuff like mm. this, and like you know, we get like Prince Zizor and stuff, and obviously, hopefully, we'll get things when we get Thrawn. Um, but like you know, of because they're so like slimy and try to climb their way up in like imperial society, I want to see this level of like intrigue storytelling with those characters. Absolutely, dude. If we ever get like a th if when when we probably get a Thrawn show, I hope we get this kind of storytelling of like of like like you said the intrigue, the fact that we get like these slimy storytelling. Like kind of almost Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, like these complex characters that have different, widely varying motivations, and they're all intersecting with each other. And like, yeah, I would love to see more stuff like this because this is this is like peak television to me. And the fact that it happens to be in the Star Wars universe just kind of make like it adds to it. And so, yeah, the, okay, speaking ahead, of those shows, like I think the the thing it does well, like those shows, do is it makes everyone kind of sympathetic. I don't think there's. Any character that I'm like, oh no, I just can't stand like when this guy's on TV, or you know, like I don't like see where this guy's coming from. Like, even though I don't like, like I'm pretty damn anti the Imperial guys. Like, like I'm gonna make that clear. Like, if you're saying, hey, well, whose side do you want? It's like it's not those douchebags. But like, I still like like watching them, and I get their motivations. And like, yeah, I, I appreciate where you are in this story. See, I'm I'm complex on this. I'm not. I don't support the empire. I support the stormtroopers. <laughs> I support the real. I support the real heroes of the of the empire. The, <laughs> the guys in white. To, well, you know what? To be fair, um, you recommended Star Wars Allegiance. It's a really good book. 
Yeah, and see, that's my that's, uh, forever. For, I will always remember that story of the stormtroopers that actually gave a shit about the the rebel or about the empire, and not just about like following orders. Like, fuck yeah, because storm. Yeah. Like, I have to believe that there's more stormtroopers like that that join the the empire, trying to be you know good, or trying to do good things. It's one of the few things that I appreciate. They tried to do a bit in uh, Rise of Skywalker where they had like the other sort of former troopers who were there, you know, like trying to join the rebellion. They didn't yeah. do it as well as Allegiance does, but it's nice they nodded to it. Yeah, they tried. They tried to be like, oh, you're Finn. You're the stormtrooper that left. We're all inspired by you. We left too. And it's like, yeah, I, I do kind of like that idea that not all stormtroopers are just mindless drones. Like that's, that's a cool idea to me. And I would like more stories somewhere down the line of stormtroopers who like defected and joined the rebellion. Or like realize that you know what this isn't the right way to do things. Maybe don't even join the rebellion. Like like in that movie or in that book, uh, Star Wars Allegiance, they talk about that exact thing. It's like we're not going to join the rebellion. We we join the the Empire to fight the rebellion. Like fuck you guys. But at the same time, we know that our that our uh, commanders were corrupt, so we can't fight for them anymore. I've been thinking about a story that I'd like to see. I'd like I kind of like comedy, like that's about a like a, a moth or some sort of like high up Imperial commander. And it's just him trying to keep his stormtroopers alive. It's like, he's just sick of like sending stormtroopers just off to die and stuff. And it's him like trying to figure out ways that he doesn't have to follow orders or like try to keep like whatever secret, you know, Sith apprentice of the week, like trying to keep them like calm enough so they don't just massacre a bunch of his men. That's an interesting idea. I like that. It's like like the day like a day to day minutia of the of the empire just trying to keep your guys alive. Yeah, and like, like you know he's he's like doesn't he's you know he's part of the empire, but he's like look like you know I've got us like the cushiest job. We like guard some weird outer rim bit that no one goes to. Mm. Like you know we we guard the planet with the Kowakian monkey lizards on it, and like no one else wants the job, and that's it. Like no one bothers us. And then it's just like, yeah, you know, like, how are we going to stop us from you know, like all dying this week? Because they get a call from the Imperial commander being like, right, the rebel base is in the center of the sun. Fly your stormtroopers into it. <laughs> or it's like, you're going to get an, a, a, a visit from Darth Vader this week. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay, I keep everyone away from Darth Vader. <laughs> I I I, that would be great to have a briefing. It's like, all right, Vader, like we have Vader's uh, route mapped out to the letter. He's going to be walking down this corridor, this time, this time. It's like, you guys need to avoid him at all costs. If you walk past him, for, God, for the love of God, do not look at him. Don't say anything to him. Like, he, like, lands, his shuttle lands, there's, like, rows and rows of troopers, but it's all just empty armor, like, stood up. And it's like, your men are very disciplined. Uh, yes, sir, yes, it's the best train. I cannot sense their fear like others. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> only the best stormtroopers here. Yeah, only the best stormtroopers on this planet, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could totally see some shit like that going down. Like, just have like do like they did in the original Star Wars. Just have painted boards of uh, 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 like rows and rows of stormtroopers. <laughs> like one of them falls down. He's like, right, uh, uh, kill that coward, men, take him away. <laughs> So yeah, if you want to talk about something that doesn't feel like it would fit in Star Wars, a bunch of people are going to get angry about that. <laughs> but yeah, I would enjoy that. That'd be funny. Uh, here, let's go ahead and jump on to... We, I mentioned it at the very beginning with... Uh, let me see. If, there we go. The Easter eggs. So this entire scene is just oh, yeah. filled with them. So, But from the Beskar armor that we have right here in the background... Oh yeah, it looks like Django's, doesn't it? 
if it, well, I don't know if necessarily if it's Django's, but it very well could be like something like that. But yeah, like it's it's probably from uh the what's it? It's the Night of a Thousand Tears, which is when the Empire basically wiped out most of the of the Mandalorian population with a specialized weapon that was meant to basically that it's it disintegrated them inside their armor. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they understood that Beskar armor was one of the best weapon or one of the best things like you can't really get through it. So what did they do? They designed a weapon that like that goes right around it and melts and basically just melts you inside of it. Yeah. I like like I think that's my thing is that uh, for all my oh you can see like sympathetic things in these characters. Let's remember they are they are space Nazis. They, yeah, like, just remember Emperor Palpatine is probably one of the most evil people that has ever existed in sci-fi. Yeah, he like like the death and destruction he has caused is unfathomable. Mm-hmm. So here, let's get so right here. We got yeah, Beskar armor right there. Uh, up here in this right-hand corner, so uh, you you'll see like this little like T thing. Like it's it's like it looks like uh, kind of like a totem. Yeah, I think I see what you're looking at. Yep. Yeah, it's a little like it. Yeah, it looks like a centerpiece or like a candelabra or something like that. But the point is that it's so that that's just a cool little thing because that's from if you look at if you watch Rebels, there's a part where uh, Grand Admiral Thaw, uh, Thrawn has one, and he talks about how that's a, that is a uh, a Twi'lek family, you know, family shrine or family rune. Oh, and basically, okay. and basically, what that is, it's a very personal piece of it of uh, Twi'lek art that is very. That's it's. Let me see what is it. Uh, it's like meant for each each family has like a very specific one that they make themselves that is it's like uh unique to their family and it's okay. very it's a very personal it's kind of like if you ever had like you that's my grandmother's wedding ring she gave it to me to give to my to the woman i love and to pass on to my child and hmm. it's it's kind of like that kind of thing so you the fact that he watch. yeah you so that, watch. he was he put it in the one place he could in his ass i had this uncomfortable watch in my ass for two years yeah, I'm not like doing that, very good walking. Yeah, but like that's exactly as it's the most it's a it's a very personal thing that he probably shouldn't have. I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Star Trek references again, but the weird little idols they have on Riser, the ones they uh, if you remember the episode where they give to people like to say I want to bang, dude. I, that is let me just say that is like the greatest fucking uh, like uh, custom and ever. If we ever made an alien race that has that custom, I will go move to that planet. <laughs> <laughs> I want it because because uh, I'm like that is like dude that's like the greatest fucking custom ever. So like, instead of all this nonsense of like oh I I like you want to go get a drink or something no fuck that I'll just give you this idol and we we'll, and we all we all know what's up. <laughs> Here's my proposal. It's indecent, decent. However you feel about it, which sure, which also to go back to Star Trek Lower Decks. I love that. There's the there's uh, I think it's like episode three or four of the first season. They go to a planet that has that idol sitting in the middle of like of a fountain, and all and you notice all the people are there like trying to hook up with each other. Yeah, I, I I did notice that. Like, I it's interesting. My I think when I was in university, that probably would have been good. Like, my confused ass would have found it a lot more straightforward if I was like, oh oh, that means you you're into this. Oh, okay, cool. Hmm. <laughs> Milto says every week we get one step closer to this becoming a Trek show, and I'm here for. It. You know what? Don't tempt me. One day, I if, when we get to, through season three of uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, don't tempt me. I might as well just do a fucking review show of that whole that whole series. I'm kind of down for that. Lower Decks is the best Star Trek show that's been made in years, and I love it. It dude is so good. It's so fucking good. And as for uh, yeah, he says he, he loves how Mon Mothma despises her husband. Even in Star Wars, there's only loveless marriages. We can talk about that in a little bit, but we're still on these Easter eggs. 
Uh, Interesting. Only loveless marriages. Are you saying that the marriage between Padme and Anakin was loveless? How could you say such a thing? (laughs) It was hate fucking. (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding. Can't do that's horrible, horrible to say that. Oh, uh, Anakin does come across as like who's someone who's weirdly intense in bed. He's like the dude from Fifty Shades of Grey, he like he likes to hit people. <laughs> it's like that whole it's like he's he like takes off his metal arm and starts smacking her with it, just starts <laughs> asking her to like, can, can you make a sound like a Tuscan? <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible! That is fucking horrible, man. Why, Harrison? No, no. All right, you know what? I'm sorry. You're going to be putting time out for 10 minutes. <laughs> you can't say that. That's horrible. Can you make a voice like, or can you make a sound like a Tuscan? Because <laughs> then if you, if you think about think of that through real quick. If you think about what, what he did to the Tuscans, it's like, he, oh, I got a sexual thrill out of killing t- Make a sound like a Tuscan. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna choke you a little bit. That's what I mean. That's why I feel I feel like he's weirdly intense in bed. He looks like in that movie, he comes across as the guy be into that. Like I'm like, all right. That's yeah. Oh god, that's horrible. But <laughs> but funny, but also just like, oh my god, that put such a bad image in my head. Uh and also apparently Strange New Worlds is great too, according to Milk Toast. So yeah, we'll have to check out Star Trek. Okay. In the meantime, in the meantime, check out that Star Killer armor in the background, which Yeah. Weirdly looks like I don't want to say Native American armor, but like, but it's the it's the weird spike things in the. That's what you mean. I kind of saw like more of a a samurai kind of Japanese thing going on, but but I can see what you mean with the kind of Native American headdress. It it has both. It has a little bit of both, like with the with like the bandolier on the shoulder, and then like the fact that it yeah, like it it looks kind of like a samurai armor, but then also like that like I said with the weird spikes coming out of it, it's almost like a feather headdress. So. I, I don't know what's going on with that armor, but I do. I I love how everyone instantly when they saw the helmet, they were instantly saying that it's Star Killer's armor, which it very much looks similar. It it does, and like I I'd be interested to see whether there's some sort of like I don't know whether I, someone probably knows the actual answer to this, but whether that's supposed to be like some sort of like ancient Sith armor, like the actual race Sith or something. Like I don't know where that comes from. It, the, the mouthpiece is a little reminiscent sometimes of the the thing that. Leia dresses up as in Return of the Jedi. But oh, I'm assuming uh, that's more of a coincidence. Yeah, that, so that that is apparently a Ubis. Uh, so Boosh, that that armor, that bounty hunter that she ends up killing and taking the armor of, uh, is a Ubis. Uh, I guess he's Ubisian or whatever the hell. Like, but the point is that that is a, a special race of alien that they they have like that they use that helmet and that's a very specific thing. So unless that's like, uh, yeah, like unless that's like an ancient Ubis armor. I think that's yeah. They're they're just gonna they're gonna chalk it up as like oh this is some ancient alien you know whatever because here let me see here uh, I just I just got the picture up not video file do, 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 do. I'm, and... enjoy, I'm enjoying that Tony has said what about Owen and Baru so like you're like hey don't leave incest out of this like we can make this worse it's <laughs> <laughs> very good Tony. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> uh, but but milk says uh, everyone knows moisture farmers ain't getting down. That's why they're farming personal lubricants. <laughs> you sick motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> also, although I can't really say much because when they, when he mentioned Owen and Baru and they were like, "Oh, let's not leave the incest out of it," she'd be like, "Say say Luke in that say Luke in that way." 
Say it. <laughs> Luke. You, you know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so to, uh, to get off of that of that disturbing thought. Yeah, so this is the Starkiller armor. And like, so you notice that it doesn't have the same like shoulder piece. It doesn't have necessarily the same, like the exact same helmet, but mm. it does have a similar look. Yeah, like the grill piece of the mouth, and obviously, and the same sort of like concentric circle pattern on the side of the helmet. Mm -hmm, exactly, and like the same kind of visor looking right there. Mm. So yeah, it looks similar, but it's not the exact same. It's it's a cool little nod. But now to go to the Clone Wars, there's an episode uh, where Obi Wan Kenobi goes undercover. And like he has to like he kid they uh, arrested bounty hunter and he uses cosmetic surgery to look like the bounty hunter and goes undercover as him. Yeah, so it's, it's a whole it's a whole thing. <laughs> but like yeah, they fake Obi Wan's death and they make him go undercover as the bounty hunter to, to find out this like plot to assassinate the the chancellor. And so while they're doing this, uh, like he puts on a helmet to, as part of his persona, and the helmet that they chose was like the first of the original like uh, it was the original. Uh, concept armor or concept art for Boba Fett. So the reason I bring that oh, up is that I'm okay. like, like just because Star Wars reuses some extra, some old stuff from you know from back when Ralph McQuarrie was drawing shit, doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna be the it's the same exact thing. Oh God, here we go. So Bo and Debbie Mulder say, uh, let's make Star Wars with no lightsabers, no Force, no Empire for three episodes, some bullshit corporate police force. How is how is this Star Wars? I don't need Skywalkers, but please. I'm like, mm. okay, that I could kind of see what you're saying there, but I mean, at that point, we're dealing with other stuff, like in the same way that that uh, Obi Wan Kenobi deal, dealt with uh, young Leia and um, Bail Organa. This is dealing with Mon Mothma and uh, and Luthen, whatever the hell his last name is. Like, yeah, like and. I think I think it's possible to make a great Star Wars story without those things. Like um, the uh, the Boba Fett book, um, the Mandalorian armor, like does involve the Empire, but an awful lot of it is just the Bounty Hunters Guild, Boba Fett, uh, the Huts, like and and the Bosk and everyone. You spend a lot of time not looking at your sort of regular Star Wars stuff, and I've really enjoyed this. Like I said, it's, for me, it's felt like almost like a TV show of a a Legends novel. And I've really appreciated that world building they've added to it. Exactly. So, and I'm like, and as far as, so he says he'd rather have, they'd rather have a Mothma show than an Andor show. I'd be interested uh, in the Mothma show. Okay. I could, I could get down with that. Like have Mon Mothma, Bail Organa have like, I guess, what's his name? General Riken or General Riken or like have like the, the startings of the rebellion and show how they got there. Maybe put Saw Gerrera in there. Like I could definitely get down with that, but I'm curious as to what more you'd want. Like, is it because it's an Andor show? Is it you want more battles? You want him fighting like stormtroopers every episode? Like I'm not like, because we we're only a third of the way through this episode. We still have eight episodes left. Like we we could we still have a lot of room for him to be getting into fights and getting into like mm. squabbles. I mean, the very next episode is literally they're going to do, they're going to invade a uh, imperial garrison. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we're going to get something similar to like the great fight scenes we had uh, in the Mandalorian. I mean, uh, we, probably more. We got Tony uh, Wallachian saying that's a great story arc from the Clone Wars. Yeah, like the the Boba F or when Obi Wan goes undercover. It's actually one of the main stories that that is like. Cited as one as why uh, Anakin Skywalker starts losing faith in the in the Jedi because he finds out later on that they faked Obi Wan's death 
and he gets pissed off because they didn't tell him. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, like, and he and he like tries to kill Obi Wan under while undercover as the bounty hunter. He tries to kill Obi Wan <laughs> several times, thinking that this is the guy that killed Obi Wan. <laughs> so yeah, he goes a little Darth Vader on him, and uh, and then gets really really angry that, that Obi Wan didn't trust him enough to say it or to like to tell him. I, I, I tell you, boy, that that kid told everyone he was going to do that. He made it so clear. Yeah, no, he kills a lot of people, and like. <laughs> There's like, the, and also that yeah, this has nothing to do with that episode. But there's a really cool part where Anakin stabs a dude in the chest. Like there, there's a part where like the guy has a bomb and like he's like, hey, if you try to attack me, I'll push the trigger. What are you gonna do? Obi One, you're gonna try to kill me in front of your girl. And there's a, the reason he can't kill him is because his his like uh, ex girlfriend is there and she's a pacifist oh, okay. and she right. doesn't believe in death. And so there's a whole thing. So he's like, what are you gonna do? Who's gonna stop me? And Anakin just comes up and, ch- and stabs him in the back of his chest. <laughs> And it's like it's and it's like the coolest fucking thing ever. I love it. That that I'm kind of down with because like the Jedi do sort of make it clear that violence can be used when necessary. Yeah. So they, uh, Bo and Debbie says uh, yes, no battles, spies, secrecy, uh, and danger and other senators. Like he'd be down for a Mothma, or they'd be down for a Mothma series. But yeah, again, I'm so again, I'm not sure. Like with this, it it's bound to happen. Like if you're going to talk about the rebellion in the same way that Rogue One did it. Like, if you're going to talk about the Rebellion, you have to, to have at least one or two scenes where, you know, you have the the intrigue of the senators all talking and, the, and that kind of shit. Like, and the fact that there's only one episode, I don't think it's a problem. Also, the fact that, yeah, it's a cor- like the bullshit corporate police force. Also, I, I, I argue that's just a, it's, it's kind of a stepping stone to showing how the how the Empire just kind of takes over and declares martial law on most planets. Because, like. If it's this thing of if it's early on, they're like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Let, let them deal with their own bullshit. And now they realize that, oh, well, we can't let them deal with it because then this happens. Mm-hmm. So let's let's put in a, a battalion of stormtroopers. Let's see. Bowen Debbie says, has there been a show about the first five to ten years of the Empire and how it's affecting people uh, and Jedi are trying to hide? Some die, some live. People struggle. So yeah, they want to show about the the start of the empire and it and it start like it beginning to like declare martial law over the galaxy, basically. Yeah, I I don't think I don't know uh, how much there has been. I don't know whether because Clone Wars kind of crosses over that very start, like around Order sixty six and things, doesn't it? Uh, somewhat. Yeah, like Clone Wars ends at the ve- like it ends with Order sixty six. Okay, right. No, so it doesn't really go into that. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Perhaps there hasn't. Like, I suppose the closest we've seen like scraps of it because like Obi Wan showed us a little bit. Like, obviously, you had things like um, the <laughs> the homeless clone trooper and the Jedi sort of underground railroad trying to get people in and out and get people out alive. Mm-hmm. See, what you need to watch is Bad Batch. Like, it seemed like what they said. Bad Batch did some. Uh, like, they have. Uh, like the very beginning of Bad Batch is where uh, is where Clone Wars ends. Is that Order sixty six happens and they because they don't have chips or because their chips are defective, they end up running off. Like they run away from uh, the other clones and they get uh, marked as traitors. Right. Okay. So basically, it's the same story as Star Wars Allegiance, but yeah. it's just like they're clone troopers instead of stormtroopers. Yeah. Fair enough. There should be more stories like that. I, I really like sort of like stormtroopers rebelling kind of stories. There's a few in legends, like uh, and now not as far as stormtroopers, but like as far as clone troopers, there's a handful of of uh, you know stories where clone troopers just decided not to, 
and that's before that was in Legends before they had the the inhibitor chips or whatever in their heads. Like it, there was a thing that they just like decided not to do it because like oh well I can't I can't kill younglings they're good pe- they're kids I'm you know they. Like a lot of the stormtroopers, like I guess the, the originally the idea was that the clone troopers were just told from from the get go that hey guys, so when we say Order sixty six, you kill all the Jedi, just and the and the clone troopers just kind of went with it. They were just like, oh, cool, like, but like a lot of the other like a lot of the legend stuff says that like they they had reservations and they felt bad about it, but you know, good soldiers follow orders, and but but then again, like like I said, there's a few here and there. There's a couple of stories where this clone trooper decided not to kill the younglings. That clone trooper decided, you know, oh, I well, I love this Jedi. I'm not going to kill her or some sh- some stupid shit like that. It's interesting uh, seeing what uh, Bo and Debbie saying about um, looking at other time periods. Ooh, okay. The Mandalorian War, Kotor, the Great Migration slash Jedi. I, I'm not sure the Great, yeah, the Great Migration of Jedi. Well, I know. I think so. That was it the the Jedi. The one was like the people before the Jedi. I think we talked about it. Oh, on the dawn yeah, you know, of the Jedi. Yes, yes. The the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's the Great Migration. I think that's when they all came to Tython originally, or like the Tython system. But it's before they had like uh, hyperspace technology. That's when they were all stuck on one on like one system of planets, like like nine planets. I do still love the idea of like a sort of Harry Potter thing set in that like Jedi Academy thing they had with like the four different academies you go to, like the Forge and the the one that's like all about art and cooking and stuff. Yeah, like you use the Force to create art. You use the Force to like oh you go to the Science Academy. You go to the like yeah the idea that they have Jedi specializations. That is yeah. pretty cool. I would, I, uh, dude. I I could see an RPG game or like a or like a Skyrim style game getting made with that. Yeah, I think it'd be loads of fun. Like, yeah, like which one do you start out in, like to boost your starting stats and like engineering or whatever. Mm. Let's see, Tony says, "Sorry to get off topic, but what have you heard about the new animated series? Don't know what it's called. I saw it was a younger dude. Oh, that's Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, no, that that uh, trailer came out. It's going to be a Clone Wars style, uh, you know, animation." But yeah, it's apparently it's going to be six different stories about that take place at different periods of time. So mm. one is going to be like the origin of how Ahsoka came to the Jedi Order. One is okay. going to be about how like it's going to be Ahsoka training during the Clone Wars with Anakin, and like him, I guess he's going to be a little extreme as a teacher. Uh, there's going to be one of Qui Gon and young Je- and young Dooku on like a mission together. Okay. Yeah, and then like I, I guess one is going to be how Dooku left the Jedi Order. Like there's going to be a couple of different stories all taking place at different points during the Clone Wars or, or around or around that time. But it's going to be pre uh, pre episode four and entirely about uh, like, you know, prequel stories like there. There's no, it's no, no two of them are going to are going to like it's not going to be like part one, part two, part three. It's going to be all different stuff. OK, that sounds pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I as far as I know. As far as I know, it's going to be all in one shot. I don't think they're releasing it like once a week. I think it's all six episodes going to drop up at once. Kind of like the way Visions did. Nice. Also, Star Wars Visions is coming next month. Or not, not next month, next year. No, we get more uh, of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Getting more Star Wars anime. Got to bring back Marshall and be like, watch it this time. <laughs> <laughs> don't just quit because fucking Joseph Gordon Levitt starts singing. <laughs> Yeah, see, I agree. Like Tales of the Jedi looks looks great. Like all of it looks awesome, and 
it's effing interesting for God's sake. I don't, I don't know which one, what, what part you're, you're saying is interesting, but yes. Yeah, I, I think that's, I would definitely love to see more stuff of pre prequel, like Old Republic, that kind of Star Wars, because I, I want to get more into it myself in general. And because, like, this is the thing, I think the world of Star Wars, like the universe, I suppose, I think is like more interesting to me than like necessarily, you know, like. Darth Vader and Anakin and Han and Luke and all those guys, like the core story. I really now these days want to see more about like how do the rest of the people live in Star Wars? You know, I want to like see stories about Rodians and Jawas and things like hanging out, doing Jawa stuff. I don't know. Okay. So you have like, I would like to see a clerk style uh, Star Wars movie about Jawas just hanging out and doing their thing, like being junk dealers. But doing like talking and having those conversations the way that that freaking uh, Dante and and uh, what's his name and uh, Randall shit. and Randall did yes exactly. that's an amazing idea I love that yes like I mean not not necessarily that but like also you know just yeah like um, a bit like when we read for a little while the Kenobi audiobook, and a lot of it was just about like being a moisture farmer and how it was like being a settler out in the West and like you had to like fight off Tuscan Raiders and stuff and it's not this war's part of Star Wars but it's super cool. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. I would watch a Cobb Vance show about him just fighting off, like, defending the town. Fight, like, make it, like, justified almost. Because, like, he's just defending the town almost, like, uh, from raiders, from uh, pirates, from, like, fucking, uh, from Tuscans. I would I, love all of that. I'm a, I'd really love it if they did it like Deadwood. Like, and there's, like, some sort of hut version of Swaringen, like a hut with a big mustache. <laughs> like Dude. running a bar, like a handlebar mustache hut. <laughs> Although, would you want to drink any any like thing given to you by by one of them slimy ass huts? Oh <laughs> uh, yes, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like the hut would have a droid to serve for him. I feel like the hut would. Yeah, he'd just be there, just thinking like, "Ooh, I'm not tono Okay, so I would kill. I'm just gonna say this right now. I would kill to see like that saloon scene of like you know you have all the all like the canteen or whatever, and you have the freaking old western style like. I I don't want to say I, I want to say working girls to make it to make it a nice to make it a nice uh, word, you know who yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, like, yeah, but ha- but have it like instead of them being in like the you know the Hut Slayer Leia costumes, make them in like almost Western style, you know, like those corset <laughs> dress. I would oh, fucking that'd be kill. So to, cool. I would kill to see Star Wars versions of those Western fucking like uh, chicks. You know what I mean? I, I don't know why but I love the idea of like a Rodian like with his hat being like like had a man, D- dude. Like Rodian with like a Western hat, on, or like any of it, like Duros, Rodians, fucking an Ethorian. Like I, I would, like, uh, I would kill milk- to see like a scene like that. Oh yeah, Milk Toaster Pastry's got a good a taxi style sitcom with Jawas. Like, although I kind of like the idea of like a recreation of Taxi, but the only Jawa is the Danny DeVito dude. See, they say Bone Debbie says that the point is that Cobb Manth is interesting, Cassie Andor is not. I disagree. I think Cassie Andor is pretty interesting. I think he's a. I think he's yeah. a like. And my biggest thing is that because he's a different take, at least, or when he was first introduced, he was a different take on uh, the the typical rebel. Like, because before then, who was your idea of a rebel of like the Rebel Alliance? Was Leia, Luke, uh, you know, Han, and yeah, Han was like was kind of like a, a rebel, like kind of a badass and a rogue or whatever. But still, though. Like your idea of the rebellion was all these like heroic characters, like Biggs, Wedge. It was like people who were who were willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater good, and mm. you know were didn't look to be to like the selfish reasons. Even at the end of, of episode four, Han comes back if not for the money, but to save the day because he's friends with Luke. 
So it's like, whereas Andor, he's like, he's a lot more of like a fuck this. I'm not your friend. I'm out for myself. I just want to save my skin. And then later on, yeah, he decides that he wants to be part of the rebellion. But even then, he's still like, fuck this. I'm I'm willing to kill everyone if it means the rebellion can survive. Oh yeah. I, one thing I will admit for this episode particularly about like Andor being interesting, there's not much Andor doing much in this episode. He's really quiet. They really lend a lot more time to everyone else in this episode. Um, so I think like coming out of this one, yeah, you don't really remember him much. Um, but I, I'm trusting that he's going to really kind of pull it out on this mission when they're taking on this garrison, to be honest. I think he's going to be the ace in the hole for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking that, the, yeah, like they, they've been mentioning it this whole episode that he's going to be like the, like you said, he's going to be the ace in the hole. Or he's, he's like, we needed an extra person. He's that extra person. We, now we can do the job easier. It's like, okay, so either something's going to go horribly, horribly wrong next episode, <laughs> or there's going to be like something that he only, he can do that. He brings that, that he helps them get out of there with. I'm, I'm saying this now, the kid from uh, black mirror is too innocent to live. Like he's so like, come on, guys, give him a chance. He, I, I know he he wants to do it. He believes it in his heart, so he does. And like he's just getting blasted. Yeah, no, I I like that that line of like, I uh, I think he, I, yeah, I can feel that he's on our side. I want to feel it. I'm like, dude, that does. So you so do you feel it or do you want to? Like that's not a that's not a, like for me. That's not a, a vote of confidence. Being like. I can feel his his you know devotion. I want to. No, did you? I respect that idealism, kid. But yeah, sometimes it's just not practical. Yeah, no, you're gonna. Oh shit! Yeah. Whoop! Let's not get copyrighted. <laughs> but yeah, no, that kid is not long for this fucking world, and it's gonna be in like the worst way possible. He's gonna die like defending Andor. Like he's gonna get Andor's gonna get like walk out or almost get shot. He's gonna push him out of the way and then like get shot in the chest and make him all like no. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be real sad. Um, but, hey, you know, like, that that's what he's there for. He's meat for the grinder, <laughs> at mm-hmm. least in this story. So, Bo and Debbie says, what are you, what are your guys' biggest wish for a movie or TV show? Mm-hmm. All, right, all right, is it this movie or TV show or, or just any movie or TV show, like, for Star Wars? Because if it's this one, I definitely want to have, like, maybe not references to Rogue One, but I want to have, like, some kind of, like, show me how he got K2SO or have something like that. Like show me Saw Gerrera, like, you know, or even a reference to like, it doesn't have to be Jin, but I would love to see Galen Urso somewhere around there. That'd be kind of cool. Okay. So I confirmed that it's any, okay. So just any. any, any TV show or movie. Um, What would I like to see? Like like I said, I, I would love to see more stuff taken from the KOTOR sort of time frame. I want to yeah. see more things of like where there's more Sith, where just, you know, the world is a bit different. Because I, I think it's really cool. I think the stuff that's been created for that is great. You know, we have entire worlds that we've been able to explore. And I think, like, I want to see some of that represented on TV. Agreed. I would love to see anything with Revan, like the Jedi Civil War, the Mandalorian Wars. That'd be awesome. Uh, honestly, like really anything from KOTOR, like just the Jedi exile would be a cool story. Uh, now as far as what I want to see for just like movies or like, like, or TV shows, I'm, Hmm. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, other than that, like, I can't really think of what I, what else I'd want, but I'm like, but it's just something like, it's like, I'd love them to cover those things in some way, shape or form. 
I would I would really love any sort of Death Troopers um, thing. I think some people have said in comments on those videos, an animated Death Troopers would be sweet. Dude, like, especially, like I know, uh, you know, obviously you've got the Clone oh. Wars 3D animation. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know. Actually, I, I figured out. There's two things I would absolutely want that have to happen at some point is that I would love to see a Republic Commando store or show like oh, yeah. about about just like the Republic clone like the clone troopers and then also really I would love to see a Star Wars Allegiance show made live action you know like so yeah. we we have the team of stormtroopers that like the what later what would originally be call, uh, called the hand of judgment yes the hand of judgment yeah I would love to see that become a, a thing like or be, I now the problem with that is that in recent years that in the comic books that became the Scar Squadron, which was a team of of elite stormtroopers that didn't defect. They were just like there. There's the guy who like there's the the leader has like a, a lightsaber. Then there's like the tank guy. There's a sniper who's like a chick. There's one tech dude. Like they're basically okay. the bad batch, but they're stormtroopers. Okay. And then later on, they also have this the bad batch. So the problem with that <laughs> is you're we're probably not going to see the the that team of stormtroopers ever again. Because now they've been replaced with like two or three other teams who are exactly the same. Yeah, no, I, I can dig that. That's going to be hard to do. What I would love to see, like, and I know this is unlikely, but I would love to see some two D animation like DC does. I would love like a DC sort of level two D animated movie of Death Troopers. Like, I think that'd be so cool. Or you know, like Red Harvest, because like it'd just be really fun. You know, and maybe get some of the anime kind of style stuff that you get in Star Wars Legends, like some of the stuff that happens in the duel and things like that. If you had like zombies involved in that that art style, I think it'd be so cool. That'd be good. See, uh, Tony says he wants a story of how Palpatine became Sidious, like a book on Darth Plagueis. That'd be actually kind of cool. I would be down to see a young mm. Sidious and like him becoming like a senator on Naboo and shit like that. Then like getting found by Plagueis and oh yeah you have this you have the force let me teach you and shit like that. like I would love to see some shit like that that um and also apparently in the in the Plagueis book I guess the night that Palpatine gets elected as, as chancellor he kills Darth Plagueis so like all through episode one apparently he still is he's the apprentice and he has a master even uh, while he has Darth Maul so, uh, so that's all going on unseen yeah exactly and like he doesn't kill his master until like the night of when he's sure that he now has the the pet like his his unlimited thing. power. Yeah, exactly. When his plan up to unlimited power is well underway, he's like, "I don't need you anymore, old man." And like kill <laughs> and like at that point, Plagueis is sick in his bed. He's like he's dying and like he's a sick old man. But still, though, like that that goes because it shows how how wimpy play how wimpy uh, Palpatine was because. Apparently, Sith, the idea is that you're supposed to attack your master at his full strength to show that you're stronger than him. But if you wait till he's like sick and decrepit, then, you know, what kind of master, or what kind of like fucking warrior are you? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I could, yeah. Interesting. It's very Palpatine, though, too. Yeah. Just until I go, no, the the uh, means justify, also oh, the ends justify the means. It doesn't matter that he didn't do it honorably as long as he has power. Yeah. As long as I'm now the master, who cares? But yeah, at any rate, the point is that it makes Palpatine have to be a little sneakier than, or a little and a little like slimier than uh, your average Sith. All right, so here, let, let me see. Uh, yeah, we've talked about. Do we, do we show what Bo and Debbie said that they would like to see in a in a show? Which oh, is, uh... there we go. Yeah, no, let's go ahead and talk about that real quick. Says mine is the Kenobi we wanted picks up after after he delivers Luke depressed, tries to connect with Qui Gon, fails. 
tries to stay out of local trouble. He trains, later gets involved in this in disguise helping folks. I could see that, like, but th we already have that happen in the comic books. Like the, the the Star Wars comic books talk about him doing that exact thing of like subtly using the Force here and there to help out both Owen and Baru as well as the townsfolk of Anchorhead. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if we necessarily need that live action. I know a lot of people were disappointed with with uh, how Obi Wan Kenobi, how that show took, uh, like how it did dealt with him, and mm. like put him a lot more with Leia than with Luke. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Harrison? Uh, well, it's, it's it's such a shame we weren't able to continue the Kenobi book uh, here on the channel because because a lot of that is this kind of story, um, you know, where yeah he's just sort of trying to stay out of trouble but has to help people and is keeping the fact that he's a Jedi secret and also it does uh, mention him sort of struggling to connect with uh, Qui Gon. Yeah, these passages where he's sort of meditating and attempting to speak to him. Um, I like this extra bit to it: the man alone in the desert, the hallucinations. A uh, small part of film like uh, The Temptation of Christ. Uh, interesting. So perhaps like some sort of force visions, maybe of Anakin, you know, something like sort of combatant master or something, or we could be powerful, or maybe, yeah, of, you know, like a damaged Qui-Gon haunting his dreams, you know, like just half of him. Not half of him. He didn't get cut in half. Uh, <laughs> he got stabbed. Yeah. I know a lot of people too, they got really pissed off with Ghost Qui-Gon. So I liked Ghost Qui-Gon, but, you know, whatever it, it kills the lore he didn't train for it or whatever <laughs> it's liam neeson be happy with liam neeson we all wanted it and everyone knew it yeah, <laughs> like exactly. even if it was bad for us we still wanted it <laughs> you see although i do like that idea that he was that he'd be hallucinating qui-gon instead of actually see him uh let me see here it's new hope disguise yourself and so as, now, my only thing with this is the Temptation of Christ reference is that I'm like, okay, not that I'm religious, but I know a lot of people who are, and they don't take kindly to the to the uh, like the parallel of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jesus Christ. Like I've made that I've made that joke before, like I'm off the cuff on on our on the Star Wars Audio Comics Twitter account. I tweeted a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi sitting there like he's doing this thing, and instead of a heart, instead of a burning heart, it's a it's a holocron. And he's wearing a robe, and he looks like Jesus. He has a he has a halo and everything. And I'm like, and I just said Happy Easter, and it was on Easter Sunday, and uh, people lost their crap. <laughs> like some people were like, "This is it. This is heck religious. How dare you? You should take this down." I'm like, "No, mm. relax." I can understand. Uh, Bone Debbie says not not literal temptation of Christ, but I, I I can understand what you mean. Like using religious imagery can be like really sort of uh, controversial sometimes. And, you know, like, when I'm watching Hellraiser, well, I'm there for a horror movie, so it makes sense. But, yeah, I can see in Star Wars, uh, maybe we don't want to complicate it by, you know, adding it to someone like... But I like the idea of him having visions out in the desert and, like, mm -hmm. suffering and, like, that thing of being part of him kind of coming through that and almost reaching a sort of, you know, enlightenment or a peace afterwards, you know, in sort of things too. If you want to look at Christ, you can go into, you know, how he went to the desert and all that jazz. Hmm. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about real quick, and we've mentioned it a little bit, but not, wait, not this guy. This bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and talk about this asshole. Oh, and, this, that's a douche. Yeah, no, this this guy is like just the worst. And first of all, I like her. I like this, you know, this whole mansion thing that she lives in. I like, the, I like her house. But this guy is just fucking annoying as a motherfucker. 
between it's like oh we're sitting at the fun table you're gonna be sitting at the boring table with everyone else i'm like dude that's your wife you asshole yeah he's such a douchebag like to the point where he's kind of entertaining like i love that bit like the end was like there's rumor you've bought me a present it's like man you think you're getting something after that conversation and then I like how she said, it's going back. Why do you have to act so boring? I'm like, dude, I fucking hate you. you you're the kind of guy I wish would get robbed. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of guy that um, Good Charlotte wrote Lifetimes of the Rich and the Famous about. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, yes. But um, So also I want to talk about his like shitty, like kind of trying to do a top knot or whatever the yeah. hell this is. I'm just like, dude, I hate you so much, and I and I feel like it's I don't I don't like the term cultural appropriation, but it's like you you feel like that kind of guy. I was about to say, I was gonna say, like, like, is this like he's like culturally appropriating like Jedi culture? Because we mentioned this off air, I think that he he looks like he's sort of wearing like it's almost like you know, like a like a Louis Vuitton take on um Jedi robes. Hmm. Yeah, no, like exactly. He's like he's wearing like his uh, yeah, exactly. He's wearing like Gucci robes, and he's got like the the Qui Gon. He went to the stylist. He's like, give me the gin. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't like this at all. Like, guy guy bugs the hell out of me. And <laughs> you know that's a good question. I I don't know. Here, I mean, let me look that up. What what planet does Mon Mothma uh, represent? What planet is Mon Mothma from? Oh, Milk Toaster. Uh, oh, I guess I wrong one. Milk Toaster bringing out the UK politics just just to dig it in with me, man. Yeah, this guy supports Liz Truss even after the mess. Oh, yes, yes. The 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 lovely budget, the mini budget that is ruining ruining my country's economy. Yeah, <laughs> still better than than uh, what's his name? The, the last asshole, the British Trump. I'm a f- maybe like, like like that's the problem. Like we're kind of going, oh god, Boris, I'm- Boris, jo- Bojo, that's the one. Yeah, yeah good old <laughs> Boris. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, Tr- uh, Tr- Chandrilla. That's her. That's her planet. She she represents wow. Chandrilla, which I also think that she mentions when it's like it's a ch- like when she goes and oh, I, I, it's my husband's day of days for our. It's a Chandrillan whatever the hell uh, tradition. I think that she yeah she mentions what pl- her, uh, planet she's from. Okay. <laughs> Worst haircut ever. And I would agree. That dude looks horrible. And I'm just <laughs> and like he looks like he looks like they tried to make his hair look like an upside down teacup. He's got, he's got a little handle there just to pick it up. Like if you take it off, and then his whole head will come with it. Like uh, like the hair on a Playmobil. <laughs> yeah, no, he just he's annoying. And the fact that he's also it's very telling that there's one part where he says that. Like he's sitting next to Sly Moore, which is like one of the. I mentioned that again off air. She's one of the the uh, for all you Star Wars fans. Like when you watch Episode One, Two, and Three, she's the chick who's sitting directly next to Palpatine whenever he makes a speech in the Senate. Like she's one of his advisors, and apparently, like she's like right in his ear with uh, along with the other blue dude who I whose name escapes me. But at any rate, the point is that like the fact that he's friends with Sly Moore, it's kind of it shows just how like corrupt or how like not cool this dude is with the rebellion and, and how probably shitty he is <laughs> do we ever do we ever hear slime or talk in any of the movies no no you never hear she just look she just stands there looking you know i'm saying this now my head canon is that slime or sounds exactly like slice the loan 
It's not your emperor, so we're going to the Senate. All right, listen, uh, we want to look at those guys. They're not the law. I am the law. Adrian! <laughs> Palpatine! <laughs> now, there we go. Uh, let's see, Milkto says, I'm only sort of insulted by the conversation after realizing I've got this exact haircut. <laughs> oh, well, hey, man, Milk you know, I think it's time to go get them clippers out and just because now... Nah. You, like this guy looks like he's doing like a mix between Qui-Gon Jinn and Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai yeah I I hate I hate stubble <laughs> like, like that kind of like you know mm, I, I want to have like visible stubble I hate it I can't stand it it's like yeah, pick a lane it's like he just gets up in the morning and just like he looks in the mirror just thinks to himself how can I look like a douchebag today <laughs> and it's and the answer is this this entirety because it makes me think of like Gillette ads you know it's like ah oh, yes the new razor you can take it into the shower and buzz away and then you'll look like this douchebag hmm. let's see uh, yeah apparently Bo and Debbie enjoyed the shit it says lol sad and boring I'm sorry it was just so funny because that's what the show is for me laugh so hard I cried it's okay you like the show all opinions are valid no, no, not all. Not all opinions are valid. Just mine. <laughs> just hey. kidding. Uh, this is a dude who does that, and he ain't on this show. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, no, and I, I think that uh, the show itself. If you don't like it, that's fine. Like, there's no real like. There's no obligation to like the show. It's it's different stroke for different folks. <laughs> but my thing is, is that. I just don't. I don't see why every episode has to be a, an all-out battle between the forces of good and evil. Can't we just sometimes take a breath and and realize that there's there has to be some world building, which is exactly what this is. And in my mind, I think like if you're gonna look at the, like this kind of stuff, while it did piss me off, I'm like again, it adds to the whole to the to like the the lore or at least the the character development of Mon Mothma because it shows what she's up against. Like she, she's not just dealing with like with spies and the Senate. And all that she's dealing with her asshole husband who who is clueless and doesn't even care about like the plight of normal people. Oh God. Okay, let me just put this out there. You need to you need to never never ever admit that ever again. <laughs> you need to keep that in your pocket and just never say that to anybody else. I'm not yeah, I may have got confused. I'm not sure which bit that's in response to. You, you tell us about that, like. Yeah, but how do you think I feel? I'm a Christian and I voted for Trump twice. It's like you need to never. Ever, in fact, you need to know what? I'm just going to delete that right here, right here, right now. <laughs> can't even put that. No, you can't tell me that. But no, but in all seriousness, though, like whatever you you do, whatever you got to do. Anyway, so yeah, I I think we're ready. To, we're about ready to wrap it up. Uh, at this point, I think I'm going to ask you what I always ask you. What do you give this? What what out of five do you give this episode? And what do you think we're going to be getting next week? I'm hoping certainly next week that we should be getting the garrison like raid. I'm hoping that we get this you know this eye of whatever they called it, this cool not meteor shower thing that sounds awesome. And hopefully they can pull it off because like they've kind of bigged up how beautiful and amazing this thing will be. So like we better see a pretty good sequence afterwards. Um. But yeah, I'm, this episode, I think I will rate it. I think I will rate it a four. I found it thoroughly enjoyable. However, it is slow. So I think like you're going to have to be kind of into 
this more sort of slow, intrigue kind of style to get into it. Yeah, and that's and I would agree. Like a lot of people have, that's their problem. I, the the only real like problem I've been seeing with the show is not the aesthetics, not the characters, not the, the aesthetic. It's the fact that it's just slow. There's just not a lot going on, and it's just taking a long time. Like we're like I said, we're a third of the way through this episode, and a lot of people are saying that it's just not doing very much. But to me, I'm like I'm enjoying because I like the intrigue. I like this. I like the slow burn, and I feel like it's going to build up. But in the next half of the show, like even if it's not even like the first six episodes might be a little slower. I bet you the the second six, like the last six, are going to be like it's going to ramp up. Mm. So, but at any rate, we'll have to see. And for me, I'm going to give this. I'll, I'll give it a four out of five. I think I know I said it was the best episode, but I think I'll. Like, to be fair, to be honestly and honest and fair, like to take back, like to step back from all the Easter eggs and all the shit that they put in there, I'm just going to be like, okay, I'll give it a four, and I'll say like it's a good episode, and it, it's it's one of the better ones. It's not going to like I don't I I'm, I'm willing to bet that by next week I'll probably have changed my tune, but we'll <laughs> see. I think. Oh, nice. Thanks very much, man. And they and they also say please do more live, but but anyway yeah your your thought Harrison what were you gonna say? Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, oh yeah that was just about um one of the things that is a little difficult with this episode is because we discussed it last week the first three episodes do feel like a very single story, so like I think there are things where like I'm I've been trying to go hmm how does this episode compare to other episodes? But I'm like I can barely distinguish bits of the first three in my head because I watched them all at one time and they just have this sort of complete arc between them. Um, so I really am going to have to kind of give this show more time to actually go, how is it episode by episode? Which ones actually shine out? Yeah, I, you know what? I'll give you that. Like you kind of like the fact that we're saying like, it's the best episode of the season. I'm like, well, it's only four episodes in. So we, we still have eight more to go. Like let's, let's take a minute to see. You have a point there. Like, uh, so I guess we'll just have to see where it goes. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a, I think it's a good show so far. And I'm in, like it's if nothing else, it's probably the best Star Wars show we've gotten in a in a minute. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying this more than the shows we've had in the last year. Like you know, I, I think I enjoy it more than Kenobi, and I enjoy it more than Book of Boba Fett so far. Like, but you yeah, know, really. there's plenty of time for it to go wrong. Hang in there, kids. Exactly, and and just wait, guys. Like. If you don't like this, it's cool. We then Tales of the Jedi is right around the corner, and then Book of uh, Mandalorian season three is is very very soon. You'll be able to see that green little piece of shit <laughs> going all goo goo gaga. All he said, looking literally like three feet from this. <laughs> but yeah, guys. At any rate, I think we're we're gonna wrap it up here. So I'm going to say thank you guys so much for uh, for watching the episode. Milk Toast, Joker Voice, Matches Malone. No Mr. Action today. I know it looks like Miss Drama didn't let him out of the cupboard. Oh, no. He had to stay in. Yeah, I know. Uh, Goose Souders. Uh, let's see. Who else did I miss? Bo and Debbie Mulder. And Tony. Uh, yeah, Tony Walashin. Walashin? Walashin? Walashin. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Something, something like that. We probably butchered your name like six times over. But anyway, Tony. Uh, but yeah, anyone else who I forgot? If you guys didn't comment, then make sure to comment next time, and and I'll give you a shout out. But yeah, thank you guys so much. Make sure you uh, click that like button, subscribe, uh, hit the bell notification, and comment below because we're doing these episodes every week. And next week we're going to be doing, uh, in addition to episode five of Andor, we also got another episode. Uh, we're going to be doing our 
Fulcrum Entertainment's What If. And I know yeah. I said I, th- I think I said it was it was supposed to be Han, but I I took that back because I actually have a better one. It's what if Qui Gon survived? Uh, or yeah, what if Qui Gon survived the the battle with Darth Maul instead of Obi Wan? Yes, I'm looking forward to discussing that. That is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see who I can get on the on there for that. But I already have someone in mind. I I think they we should be pretty good. Excellent. But at any rate, yeah, guys. That like I said, this has been Fulcrum Entertainment Podcast. I've been Gilbert. This has been Harrison. We will see you guys next week, and you guys have a good one.